Today on Chocolate Covered Lessons, we have Mr. and Mrs. Shaw from the great Bethune Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida. How are you guys today? I'm doing great. Wonderful, marvelous, magnificent. That is great. I feel like I haven't talked and seen you guys in so long. I left my home to come here to Syracuse University. So I just really wanted to catch up with you guys and, you know, just sit and talk about what HBCU means to you. So yeah. tell me. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. I know. So tell me. But you know, that's what happens when you mature, you grow, and we get a chance to see life differently uh, besides being in Daytona Beach. In Daytona Beach. Yeah, I went from Daytona Beach, Florida, to New York City, two different climate change. That's true. And where's home for you? New Jersey. Union. Oh, wow. So you came to the dirty south and went back further north, huh? Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. I'm closer to home now, but I'm still not home. So I get it. I understand. <laughs> it's but Don Cookman would do that. Most HBCs, most HBCUs would do that to you. You get a chance to go out and uh, experience life for yourself. And that's your that's your new home now. Yeah, def definitely. Like when I went to HBCU, but don't cook me university specifically. Um, it it opened a lot of doors for me that I didn't think was honestly possible. Um, and that's what I really wanted to talk about today, not just VCU in general, just the HBCU culture overall. Um, knowing that our vice president, our newly elected vice president, went to Howard University, that puts us yes, a lot of African American students um, in today's society. And knowing what's going on in today's society, I feel like this is a great topic to touch on and speak about because a lot of people are really not educated on what an H HBCU is, which is a historical Black college and university. So tell me, guys, like, what does HBCU mean to you? Mr. Oh, wow. I guess for me, it goes back to my um, my family. Um, my, my mother and father are both alumni of Bethune-Cookman College. Um, now it's Bethune-Cookman University, and I have aunts. I have cousins. My whole family went to Bethune-Cookman College. So um, in the beginning, I knew what an HBCU was, but I did not know about the unity, the love, the, um, I guess also, also about the culture until I actually went there for myself to get a better understanding because I grew up going to homecomings, pet rallies and step shows and I had an idea, but it was different when I went because it was a sense of family away from home. It gave me a sense of being and knowing who I was as an individual and identifying my, um, my, my the identity. It also gave me an understanding what the future can look like, if or what, how I wanted to do it. So, like, I was in the in the Department of Education, and so we had to dress for success. Or you like freshman seminar that gave you the history and understanding of Bethune Cookman. I mean, it taught you, you know, not only what was it, our um, alma mater, the the pledge, or something we had to recite. You had to go to chapel. I'm like, who goes to church every week? in college, but it was through equipment, this is something you had to do, and, you know, I don't want to say I've, I've been in, out of school for a while, but we used to have these little blue chapel cards for those who can relate to back in the wow. day, where I remember <laughs> the letter in the aisle, so they knew when wow. they would come down 
So it, it's been really good. You know, the pros and cons are always going to be wherever you go. But at the end of the day, I can appreciate it. I didn't have a choice to go to any other school. I was told that was the school I was going to. Oh, wow. And so I, <laughs> so yeah, that's my own where my mother would spend her money. So I didn't have a choice. So I had to embrace it, but it took me a while to learn how to do that. Because sometimes most times when parents force things on you, you rebel or go the opposite or you just go through the motions. Right. So I really didn't appreciate it when I was there. But along the way, I got to appreciate it a lot more because a lot of good things in my life have happened because of the institution we, we all gone to. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. Honestly, not great. I wouldn't say great because you were forced to do it, but it's something that's like, you can look back now and say, I'm happy that it went that way. Like, I am. Mr. Mr. Shaw met at Bethune-Cookman University? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we met at, at BCU. Great. Or at the time, BCC. Yeah. Great <laughs> Ooh, that's been 20 years. I know you that long. Chapel. That tragedy. Oh, how rude. <laughs> <laughs> really? Tragedy? Oh, wow. I've known her forever. I've known her half my life. Do you, wow. guys, do you think that most HBCU students come from family traditions? Or do you think more come from going to HBCU fairs, hearing word of mouth? Well, I would probably say uh, coming out of coming out of a HBCU, yes, because during my matriculation at Bethune Cookman, I noticed that a lot of people uh, were legacies. They had family members, or they knew of people who went to uh, HBCUs. For people like me, I, I come from up north. I don't know what a HBC didn't know what a HBCU was until I got a chance to see like Howard University playing in Soldier Field, uh, playing football, because I just knew I wanted to be on the football team. So me not knowing what a HBCU was and actually going on a couple of tours to go visit HBCU, it opened up my eyes and opened up my mind tremendously to look at life from a different point of view because all I knew was like Penn State, Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, uh, my, well, I'm, I'm blue and gold all day, Michigan, go Wolverines, but in my heart, more is more, go, let's go Wildcats. Let's do what we do because I'm a product of an HBCU. And great things come out of HBCUs. I'm just here to, I'm just here to let you know. You, you're looking at three of them right now, but great things come out of HBCUs. Can you name at least like three to five people that you know or maybe celebrities that came out of the HBCU? Oh, oh man, uh, Lisa Salters who's a sports commentator with Fox News. She's a product of uh, our, our friendly rivalry university, FAMU. Um, you got Monte Moore. He went to at the Super Bowl with Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. um, Michael, had, Michael Strahan, who uh, graduated out of Texas. You had Larry Little, who also graduated Coach Foot. from um, Bethune-Cookman University. Him and Monte Moore also... Um, uh, Jerry Rice, a professional form, professional football player who uh, who came out of an HBCU, Walter Payton. Uh, so there, I, I, and I'm a football fanatic, so I'm naming a lot of football players. But it's <laughs> more to it. It's more than just football players because you have uh, two chain, two chains who came out of uh, Alabama State. Yeah. Uh, rapper, I see. I got one. 
Yeah, he just recently made a song um, about HBCU culture, I believe. Um, uh huh. I, I, I can't recall the name off the top of my head right now, but I do remember seeing that on social media that he was giving a little shout out to the HBCU culture with it. So great things come out of great things come out of a HBCU uh, to to what everybody might think of a HBCU. Uh, when you think of a historically black colleges and universities now. Um, I can name I can name just about uh, a dozen of them. Can you? How many? How many HBCs can you name? Well, like I said, because um, <laughs> that's not my cultural background. I know school affiliations. I don't know all HBCUs. I know one or two or three. Um, but my husband, I'm sure, knows more than I do. I'm just well rounded and knowing all schools and institutions. I'm a Florida girl, so I know University of Florida. I have. Um, What's that down south? Memorial? Florida Memorial. Florida Memorial. Florida. Yep. Well, we taking kids there because we do this at our church. We go to, um, what's the one in Jacksonville? Edward Waters College. The University of Florida is not an HBCU. But I said I was well-rounded. That's what I said first. I know all schools So this is going to be fun. Do you think that um, HBCUs um, funding-wise, do you think we get the same privilege is as PWIs and why or why not you think that? Who? Uh, no, I uh, don't. To an extent, we get a little something, 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 but we don't get the whole kit and, and caboodle. And why do you think um, that, though? For all schools, we all have the same goal to educate, to, to have students, not even just African-American students, but students in general, to learn, to go to the next level to educate yourself. If we all have the same goals, why don't we all get treated the same? Well, let, let's back up just a little bit. Uh, when, we, when you say HBCUs, HBCUs are not only for African-Americans or just Blacks. HBCUs are open to everyone across the spectrum who, who wants to take their education level to the next level. Uh, I, didn't get a chance to, I didn't get a chance to say that so people can understand understand that and they don't I want to just think that all oh, only black people can go there. No. Uh, we got people at Bethune Cookman from China. Uh, we got people from Australia. Uh, we had a you, you had a classmate uh that was from uh, Lithuania who was on the basketball team as a mass comm major. Right. So you know Bethune Cookman University and all other HBCUs open up the doors to everybody who wants to get the second level of education. Now back to your question that you stated why why not aren't we on the same level as everybody else looking at the history of most hbcus you gotta you gotta understand from where they come from uh, in this country you know and we see it on a daily today in 2020 uh of racism and we have to we've dealt with racism all of our lives so at one some point in time we were not allowed to be in school as african-american people uh, we were we wasn't allowed to read or to write so when you have people like the great Mary, Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, um, uh, George Washington Carver, and several others who opened up universities and said, hey, I'm going to take this university so I can teach my people how to read, how to write, and then how to be presentable when you speak in front of millions and hundreds and thousands of people. So that's, that's the main reason. And it's, like it's kind of like playing catch up. We're we're acknowledged. We know what the universities are, but we still lack in some things that other predominantly schools get that we just don't get because of funding wise, money wise, and 
things like that of that caliber. So, but that's why I said great things come out of HBCUs because because of the things that we have to face and some of the stuff that we have to deal with, we have to take what we learn, strive with what we know and apply it to everyday life. Right. But Thune-Cookman University is home away from home. Uh, the rules and regulations are were in place to help us to grow and mature, uh, to get an understanding. Because you know, coming in as a freshman, you you and like you have curfew, especially if you're what? a girl. You have a curfew at state school. They be looking at what do you mean curfew? We had curfew as a freshman. It was a different ball game. It was a different ball game. <laughs> back. Well, well, well. Let's take a break right here. We're gonna go to a commercial break. Stay tuned right here at Chocolate Cover Lessons with Mr. and Mrs. Shaw. We'll be right back. As I told you last week, we are so excited that my show is now available to stream free on Spotify. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's free to download and you can use Spotify on any device. It's a great listening experience. You can go straight from listening to your favorite artists and switch right over to our podcast, all in the same app. Just search for Chocolate Cover Lessons on Spotify to start listening for free. And remember, it's totally free even if you're not a premium member. And we're back at Chocolate Cover Lessons with Mr. and Mrs. Shaw from the great Bethune-Cooking University in Daytona Beach, Florida. So let's get back into it. (laughs) Let's get back into it. Let's talk about homecoming. The homecoming culture of HBCU is un match it's a and it's a it's a you have to be there moment it's a loving you get to see people that you haven't seen in years the family comes together it's just exciting you get food from fraternities sororities it's just an unexplainable feeling so tell me you guys like how is homecoming for you do you still attend do you wait a couple years like what's your what's your tradition but it's a family reunion for my family. Um, it's a weekend when they come, they, you know, they have the the hotels, you know, my dad comes up, he tailgates, and him and his brothers come up. And so it's like a fam- mini family reunion for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on what year it is and, and whose class reunion it is because it's the different events, the highlights, the weekend, not only for the game, but it's just coming together and seeing everybody. Is it really about the football game? Yes, it's about yeah. the game because my father, like I told you, well, my father was a football player. He played Wildcat by Wildcat. You know? Christian mentioned earlier about Walter Payton went to an HBCU. My father was All-American at Bethune-Cookman. Oh, and wow. he, played, he played with Walter Payton in the All-American game. And so um, it's, it's really big for my father because he gets with all his roommates and they have, you know, these little nicknames and I hear these stories like, oh my gosh, you know, when I hear my dad talk about Bronson Hall and Lafeba, it's like, oh, really? You've been there, done that? You know, so it's, it's very, it's very um, entertaining for me at least to say, but it's also a lot of good times, fun and laugh, and it is about the game. You know, it's almost like they relive the whole where they were, you know, 30 years ago and what happened if we win, if we lose. And it's just, I guess, the whole popularity thing of everybody just coming home. You know, it's this one time where everybody comes together to celebrate, you know, what it is. I was going to definitely say that for me, I feel like it's more or less getting cute. People seeing me and making sure I have my (laughs) outfits for every event and I look good from head to toe. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this is like, how do you how do you feel about homecoming? Um, home for her for my wife uh, homecoming like she said. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my wife is considered legacy. Um, those are people who who her parents went to Bethune went to a university, and now she's a product of her parents at the same university and having a tradition going down line to line to line uh, for generations to come. For me, homecoming always have, always will be, even classic. Uh, it's always about the football game because I'm a football player. <laughs> so uh, you would just say, yes, a lot of people come back to the homecoming games and stuff because they're coming to look good, to see how they've been 10 years after graduation, five <laughs> years after graduation, make sure they still you know, pretty in the face and thinking all the right places doing what they do. <laughs> but uh, in the same essence, it's uh, it's about the family. It's about the unification. Uh, homecoming and classic games are, and the classic is, are the two of the premier fall fall events that take place at an HBCU. Um, at you, it, you got the Bayou Classic w- between Grambling and Southern in Louisiana. And that's off the chain. I've, I've experienced that. Uh, you have uh, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Uh, it's an in-state rivalry that takes place almost at the end of the season, just like at, at uh, bigger institutions. So, but the thing about it with us, the tailgates, the tailgate during, the tailgate after, and then the after party, after party, after the tailgate party is over with. Yeah, and it's the beginning, the kickoff. You know, everybody goes on the yard, walk around. Right. The thing I that you guys talk, well, Mr. Shaw specifically talked about legacy. Ms. Shaw, how would you feel if your daughters do not want to ten- attend Bethune Cookman University, knowing that your legacy and you did, you know, you did the tradition, your parents went, you went, they forced you. Would you ever force that on your daughters or how would no. you go about that? No, I wouldn't force that on my children. I would give my children the option to attend whatever university they want to attend. But I will have in the forefront, hey, here's home. <laughs> you can always come home uh, because uh, this is where we are. This is what we do. And this is where we're from. Uh, of course, you say my daughter a couple of times at the university. And I appreciate you so much uh, for taking my daughter into the cafe, go hang out with y'all in the cafe. She talks about stuff like that. Uh, to this day, when she comes to the university, and you know, she might lean towards coming to Bethune Cookman. I don't know. She's only seven now, so right. we'll see in about ten to fifteen, about ten to thirteen years from now. So, but um, I won't be upset. I might be a little angry, uh, but I won't be upset. How <laughs> <laughs> how would you feel, Miss Shaw, knowing you just told the story and how your parents forced you and it was something you didn't really appreciate? How would you? How would you feel about it, Michelle? I would be open. Whatever they choose to do, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here. Wherever they go, as long as they're happy, I'm happy. But um, it's it's amazing uh, to see generational uh, family members. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember uh, William Stitt? No. Uh, does, he ring a, does that name ring a bell to you? No, it does not. Okay. Uh, Will Will was the Will was the baby the baby brother. Uh, his brother Will big brother and I was in school together. And when we gra- when I graduated, Will was at our, at my graduation. Will stayed. Will but the he, photographer. Will right? Yes, okay. uh, Alpha Will. Okay. His grandfather at the time when I was in school was our president of the university. 
Oh, wow. Right. And then his what? cousin, yes, his cousin was uh, on the football team while I was in school. Um, and you had his aunties and a couple of his uncles are also legacy. So he's really, really, really legacy because of his grandfather as the president of the university. He was what, the fifth? He was the fifth president of the university? No, maybe, I take that back. Maybe the fourth. Dr. Bronson was, and Dr. Uh, the was fourth also president. big in the AME churches as well, and the right? United Methodist yeah. as well. Right. Did you guys join any clubs or sororities, fraternities, anything? I did. I mean, I, I was Miss Curtis Hall one year. I was Miss Women's Senate. Um, I was a peer counselor. I was, um, what else did I do? I did some other stuff. Um, but I can't tell you everything. I did run from a classification queen, but I didn't win that. It was cool. I mean, doing the homecoming and going to being in the parades and different and the coronations, you know, the, the walk with the queens, you know, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that exposure, just the gowns and dressing up with the spring. Well, we had spring balls. I know, I miss we, those. We yeah, had Christmas yeah. balls and everything where you had a night of elegance where you went out on the beach side where we would be at Adam Smart Hotel. What? And it, they would have a live band and performance for the students. The Hilton Hotel now. It yeah. used to be the Adams Park, but it's now the Hilton Hotel. We oh. had pajama parties in the gym like 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh. You know, we would have pajama parties. They shut that down eventually. Yeah. But it was fun because it was something different. Those are the things that led up to homecoming. Because, you know, homecoming, you always have the bouvet. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the different events. And so that was a part of it. That was like the climax was the Padama party. Everybody was ready to listen to the Padama party. So there was different, just different things. We had a suds party in the gym. We <laughs> had suds in the gym. Parties, but we never get, got to really experience those type of parties. I don't know why. That's, that's how you connect it with people, though. And you never know what those experiences be, that exposure how it's going to help you in your profession as you go out in the, into the real world. Because I also did that with Toastmasters. Oh, my God. I was so intimidated by Toastmasters. But then after I engaged, and I was like, that's not that bad after all. Because it prepared for real-life situations. We have people that are in a political ramification um, that's uh, that's alums of Bethune Cookman University. We have one young lady. Uh, I can't think of her name right now, but she is part of the association the Bahamas Association government. And she sits on a high platform. Uh, Jeff Jeff Branch, I believe is part of, uh, I, I believe Jeff is in a, in a political game as well. Uh, locally, matter of fact, I think he's still in the Volusia County area, which is in the Daytona Beach area. As for me, I, I was the president of NAACP I joined the Inspirational Gospel Choir. I was trying to get on the football team, got on the football team, and got disbanded from the football team. I uh, um, helped uh, dance with Orchestra's Dance uh, Group because I was an Orchestra's Dance. I just went to go pick everybody up because I was big. And uh, picked them up and forgot to catch them sometime. But, you know, I did what I did. Uh, in, the same, <laughs> in the same essence, I uh, WMG TV, uh, AM 830, AM 830 WBCC. And then we moved over to WRWS 99.1 The Mix. So I was a part of all of our organizations on campus, which are television campus, uh, TV station, and our radio stations on campus. And uh, we, we broadcast on campus and throughout the city. 
Right. And they and so this is what we did and it prepared me for the career field that I have today. So now that I'm back at the university because of what I was taught at Bethune and then went out into the world, applied what I learned at Bethune, took it to the world, applied it, and put me in positions. Now that I'm in a position to come back and do the same thing to the students at the university, uh, to help them out. And that's why I'm so adamant about what you can and cannot do because I don't want you to be intimidated when you leave, when you, when you leave us. I want you to be able to take the horns, take the world by the horns and, and ride with them. Right. Um, Cookman gave me a great opportunity to go to actual it to Israel to be a student leader uh, for our school. And that was a great experience for me. I, that's something I could never like get back. That was so amazing. But I wanted to ask about Greek life. We talked about joining clubs and I was just seeing um, what do you guys think about Greek life and we'll get right into this right after this break stay right here Steve Austin is back the Steve Austin show is back and better than ever with new exciting episodes featuring tales from his new life unbelievable past adventures talks to pro wrestling pals you name it Steve's on it download new episodes of the Steve Austin show every week on Apple Podcasts and podcast one and we're back. So I want to ask you guys, how do you guys feel about Greek life? And why is it so prominent, the Divine Nine, so prominent on HBCU campuses? Did you guys pledge? Did you guys think about pledging? Um, is this something you wanted to pledge? Is that a secret? Let us in. I thought about pledging. Uh, I didn't have the funding to do, you know, what it, what it was required. And I didn't have my brothers with me so I can go online and do what we needed to do. So okay. that that's far as pledging goes for me. And now, what um, was this, if you want to say? What happened? <laughs> what, organization? what organization, dear? Oh, it was football, five football, you know. Football? <laughs> you don't want to just close the, the, um, the organization? It would have probably been like, you know, some royalty colors like purple and maybe gold or something like that of that caliber. Oh, okay. I did some royal some royalty colors. Okay. I, I probably did some royal blue or something like that, maybe. Okay. <laughs> now just different colors now. <laughs> Funny. Uh, but the uh, purpose of the of the Divine Nine, uh, it was an organization for men and women to come together because they were unified and had the same mindset to, to go forth to try to bring awareness to different things and different events. Everybody got something they're gonna tell you different, but you have to do your research in order to understand uh, what the Divine Nine is. Uh, for us, the Divine Nine are basically your nine Greek organizations from 19, what, 1906 to 1963. I think that's the uh, furthest that I can that I can get. Yeah, one nine, nineteen oh six. Yeah, nineteen oh six to nineteen sixty three. I can give you the years of just about all of them, but you know that's not that's neither me here nor there. But oh my, nineteen sixty three is the baby. That's all I can tell you. Nineteen sixty three. Oh, okay. Tell me something. That's and that, that's the divine nine. That's the baby of the bunch of the divine nine. Able to 
the last of the the last of the Mohegans to jump on board to uh, bring history in years. Do you do you know how HBCU gained its prominency? Where did it come from? Um, you know so, what some, the first HBCU is? Who uh, the first HBCU? Was it? Was it Wilberforce? I want to say Wilberforce in Ohio, but then there's talks about there are talks about uh, that school up in Missouri. Um, uh, Lincoln. No. Is it Lincoln? No, it's not. That's in, no Lincoln is in Missouri. What's the name of that school? It's gonna hit me in a minute. I know it. I told y'all the only one I do, so it's all good. <laughs> what is the name of that school? God, I know it. It's gonna hit me in a minute. Watch. As soon as we so done, you I'm, don't know what the first HBCU is going once, going twice. Gone. Trivia question Is Cheney University in Pennsylvania? No way, no, not yes, it is. Um, they had a debate, no, it's between Lincoln and Cheney, and um, Cheney was the first HBCU. Oh, wait, hold on now. I'm gonna have to go back and look now. I don't know now. Hold on. I thought I thought Lincoln or Wilberforce in Ohio. No. What's Wilberforce? I'm gonna have to go, but Cheney. Okay, Cheney University. Yes, and they, 18, yeah, they they in the era. 1837. But That's I think I, wait, but Lincoln and Cheney came out the same. Okay, well, I think they came out the same year. What Lincoln? I, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm gonna have to, you didn't present me with a challenge. Now I'm gonna have to go back and look at this thing again. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, Cheney is the first HBCU. Uh, you could Google it right now and it will pop. <laughs> <laughs> first HBCU. Um, Lincoln uh, established in 1854, Cheney is 1837. Okay. Okay. Nice, nice. See, I just learned something new. See, I learned something every day. <laughs> and see, that's that's the great thing about you know being at an HBCU, not when being close-minded. The founders, founders are very important when it comes to HBCU cultures too, because a lot of these big, predominant schools, um, if you ask who their founder is, nine times out of ten they won't know. But if you ask an HBCU student who is their founder, nine times out of ten they would know. Do you know? You that was that freshman seminar. That was required. <laughs> you had to know. You that. guys know who your founder is? Oh, uh, yeah. you know you don't know who she is. <laughs> but who, right? Yeah, who is she? It's who we always talk about, isn't it? The, the young, the beautiful young lady from South Carolina. You talking about Dr. Mary, yeah, right? Dr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> a dream, right? Dollar fifty-five little girls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, knowing your founder for your university is very important because you got to know your roots and where you come from. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just like in life in general, you got to know your roots of where you come from because you never know what you're gonna come across. History, history is important. Uh, medical history, uh, identity history, because you might have something. Uh, in line from your great great grandfather or great great grandmother, and now you have history is important. And Tuskegee, oh man, Tuskegee, uh, uh, the peanut, peanut, George Washington, was it George Washington Carver? Mega yeah. Evans, no, that yeah. Mega Evans, Mississippi. 
George Washington Carver, Tuskegee, Alabama. Yeah, okay, got it. See, I'm telling it's coming back to me. And there we have I'm not gonna go out there with you, dear, but you got this. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that is chocolate covered lessons, everyone. Learning something you don't know, learning something new every single day. Um, is there any last comments, concerns with this podcast for today? You guys have any questions? Anything you want to know? Anything you want the audience to know? No, thank you for this opportunity to share. 